It's 1917. It's March 1st, 1917, and the British ambassador to the United States sits in the British Embassy in the United Kingdom. His name is Sir Cecile Spring Rice, who would be the British ambassador to the United States from 1913 to 1918. He receives a telegraph, a telegram from London. He is told to present a German telegraph that was intercepted by the British and presented to the United States President Woodrow Wilson. This is the famous Zimmerlin telegram and what we will get into today. Before we proceed in our lovely World War II Part 2, I would like to present our new edition, the History Joke of the Episode, created by and a shout out to Jude and Grace. The joke is, what do Alexander the Great and Kermit the Frog have in common? The same middle name. Anyway, time to proceed with our episode. This is an absolute game changer in the war. Because with the Zimmerlin telegram, the United States would be fully convinced to go to war with Germany. The Zimmerlin telegram named for the German Foreign Minister Arthur Zimmerlin, promised the return of Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona, and some sites say Kansas, as a reward for siding with Germany if the U.S. enters the war. And if the Central Powers had won, those states I mentioned earlier would be ceded to Mexico. And I'm assuming... Assuming that Germany would take the rest of the United States and possibly Canada. On March 11, 1917, the British enter Baghdad, supported with gunboats traveling up the Tigris River. British and Indian, colonial Indian, troops continue their advance towards Baghdad in modern-day Iran. Upon arrival, they discover the Turks have abandoned the city and Mesopotamia is now under British control. On April 1st, 1917, the American steamer USS Aztec is torpedoed without warning by a German U-boat as it enters British water. 28 Americans are drowned. The very next day, April 2nd, 1917, President Woodrow Thomas Thomas Woodrow Wilson delivers his message delivers his war message to Congress. The United States has entered World War 1. On April 6th, the United States formally declares war on Germany with an overwhelming majority on with an overwhelming majority in the Senate. Now, it's 1917 and everyone is a bit worn down. The question is who will break first? Spoiler alert, the answer is Russia. Russia had a previous revolution in 1905 after they lost a war to Japan. Supposedly weak little Japan. And this proved that the Russian military and the Tsarist absolute monarchy government was completely weak. And the February Revolution in February 1917 had overthrown the Tsar and set up the Russian provisional government. And now we go to today's t- 
now we go to our most recent topic. In, on April the 16th, 1917, Vladimir Lenin, the first premier of the Soviet Union and the leading revolutionary for the, commun for the Russian Communist Party, arrives in Petrograd, a modern-day St. Petersburg, Russia. After the Germans promised to smuggle him out of his exile in Switzerland. Beginning on April 29th, and some sources say ending on May 20th, French army begins series of mutinies throughout the Western Front. And it's estimated that a whopping, a roughly, a whopping in roughly 22,000 are found guilty, 22,000 soldiers are found guilty in mutiny, and 55 are recorded as shot. Wow. On May 1st, 1917, English workers call strike. Over 250,000 engineers protest long hours, low wages, and shortage of food and fuel. Of course, the strikers obviously know that this is a desperate time for the workers, as they are deep into a war. Quite a strong move by the strikers, in my opinion. On May 5th, future President Herbert Hoover is appointed the head of the U.S. Food Administration to help save food, so help save foods in the average American home so more people, so more soldiers in Europe can get more food. <clears throat> Millions on June 5th, the first day of the Army Draft, millions, millions of American men register for service on the very first day. Throughout the country, roughly 9 million men from ages 21 to 31 register at their local draft boards. In many places, they are greeted by military bands and cheering onlookers, because they are seen as the brave boys to help Europe. On June 15th, the United States Congress enacts the Espionage Act. A new law allows the government to censor publications sent through the mail. It makes it makes it a crime to aid the enemy nations or interfere with the draft. On June the 25th, roughly a few months after the formal declaration of war, the first American troops arrive in France. Some propaganda boasts... Propaganda explodes across the United States. A popular saying amongst amongst the people is Berlin or bust. King George V, the reigning monarch in England at the time, renounces his German heritage. And before we proceed, I would very much like to point out the quite unique fact that the Romanov dynasty of Russia, the German imperial dynasty, and the House of Windsor all come from the same family. So this is more of a weird Thanksgiving fight, in my opinion. <laughs> That's also a very bad joke. And more um, description. The King of Great Britain gives up all of his German titles and formal associations with the House of Saxe-Coburg-Gothia and renames his dynasty the House of Windsor. 
The first American draftees are chosen by lottery on the 20th of July, 1917, Washington, D.C. The battle from the 31st of July, 31st of July to November the 10th, 1917, the British launched the Battle of the Passchendaele, otherwise known as the Third Battle of Ypres, against the Germans. In the first two weeks of the battle, British artillery units fired four million shells at the German lines near the Flemish town of Passchendaele, hence the name of the battle, which is a, which is just outside Ypres. The campaign will end by November the 10th. On August the 2nd, 1917, roughly a two-year anniversary of since the war beginning, Germans, the first report of mutiny comes out of the German Navy. On September the 9th, mutinies revealed to the Reichstag, and two of the mutiny leaders are executed days later. Suffrage, interestingly, it would only be until October the 21st, 1917, when the first American combat soldiers are killed. Soldiers of the 1st Division enter command on the Western Front under French command. It is less than two weeks later on November the 1st, the 1st American soldiers, the 1st Division, are killed in action. James Grissom, Merle D. Hay, and Thomas F. Enright. May they rest in peace. On November the 2nd, 1917, the Balfour Declaration is presented in London. Named for its author, Lord Balfour, the Declaration expenses British government support and establish of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, something that would prove rather valuable by the 1940s. The Great October Revolution in the Julian calendar, but in the average calendar, which I forgot what it is called, it makes it in November, and on November the 7th, or more of October-ish, for the Bolsheviks and the Russians, the Bolsheviks seize power in Russia after two months, less than two months after being declared a socialist republic, Lenin forces forces succeed in overthrowing the Kerensky government or the provisional government. The Bolsheviks demand a just and immediate peace. What follows next is a civil war while fighting a war with Germany. British tanks gain victory at the Cambry on the Western Front. The Germans are taken by surprise since no artillery barrage precedes the attack, and tanks penetrate the, the lines by more than 10,000 yards. Ten days later, the Germans counterattack, regaining most of the lost ground. For the first part, 10,000 yards. Mil hundreds of thousands of people would die for just a few yards, so this, that's a lot. On December the 6th, 1917, explosions of ammunition of an ammunition ship decimates the city of Halifax in the British, sort of, Canadian province of Nova Scotia, which is Latin for New Scotland, if you didn't know. Um, the British cap- the British- on December the 9th, 1917, the British successfully captured Jerusalem from the Turks. Church bells ring in London for the first time since the start of the war to celebrate the victory. And, yeah, there's that. 
mainly to save mainly to save wheat and other productions for the um, war effort on December the 28th 1917 the United States Congress passes the prohibition amendment or the 18th amendment which prohibits the sale manufacture of alcohol this will begin quite the era in the United States which would last until the Great Depression on January the 8th 1918 the popular the popular amongst World War one historians speech the 14 points was delivered by President Wilson and the main thing it talks about is the is his plans for the after the war and mainly the League of Nations which after the League of Nations the Repub the government under the Republican Party take control and sorry the um, Republican Party was against the League of Nations and decided not to join Ger Russia, in the middle of a civil war between the communists and the mixture of all the anti-communists, and also having to fight the Germans and Austro-Hungarians, signed the Treaty of Brest-Lovestisk, is signed between Germany and Russia to end their combat. The first report of the Spanish influenza at Fort Riley in Kansas. So it's uh, more of a American influenza. So yeah. And on March 31st, 1918, the dreaded daylight savings time begins in the United States for more farming hours. Canada will also join on April 15th, the American Text Day. On May 28, 1918, the Americans will prevail in the Battle of Cantigny. The U.S. 1st First Division's 28th Infantry Regiment mounts an assault on the German observation strong point in broad daylight. And within 35 minutes, the Doughboys, or a nickname for American soldiers, have the village. The next day, German counterattacks fail to dislodge the Americans. On June the 6th, a few weeks later, the U.S. Marines launch an attack on Bellu Wood. Woods that have been the woods that were occupied by the Germans and two battalions of Marines along with engineers and infantry confront German stormtroopers in a seesaw battle that continues through the month of June. The U.S. Navy begins living mines in the North Sea to sort of blockade the Germans without having to use actual boats. A 300-mile barrier against Germany stretching from Scotland to Norway. It stretches... It... I'm reading my notes wrong, sorry. It is a 300-mile barrier against Germany stretching from Scotland to Norway. At least five U-boats were sunk by the barrage, and many others are forced to waste valuable time avoiding the mines. On June the 28th, 1918, four-year anniversary since the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, the U.S. War Department authorizes chemical warfare services after the Germans have been doing it since 1915. 
in the midst of the Russian Civil War on July the July the 17th, 1918, the Bolsheviks murder the Tsar of Russia, Tsar Nicholas II, officially ending the Tsarist regime in a bloody way that I'm not going to talk about because I value my listeners. Also, quick thing, listeners, love you. Please spread the podcast. I love it. I love this job. Um, not actually a job. Alrighty. From July the 18th to August the 5th, 1918, the Allied Asin Marne, or the River Marne, offensive begins. French and American forces of the 3rd, 28th, 32nd, and 42nd Divisions go over the top on their offensive in south of Soissons. This is in French. These are so hard to pronounce. Um... And a famous American poet, Joyce Kilmer, is killed. Another thing I forgot to cover is the man who wrote Flanders Field um, actually died of illness, Spanish influenza, I believe, in January of 1918. And, yeah, you will actually hear me recite the Flanders Field poem in the next episode Post-war and the Treaty of Versailles. Shh. On September the 26th, 1918, the first phase of the U.S. Mules de Aragon offensive is underway. The Argonne, wo- the Argonne Woods have been held by the Germans since 1914. And they have over 12 miles of trenches and machine gun defenses. And for the Germans, it's almost impossible to take. On October the 6th, Germany requests an armistice, but the Allies refuse. Through the neutral Swiss government, German Chancellor Prince Maximilian sends a note to President Wilson requesting him to restore peace and immediate armistice with terms. The request is rejected. October the 17th, the true collapse of the Central Powers begins. When Hungary separates from Austria, Austria is proclaimed a federation of German, Austrians, Czechs, Ukrainians, Yugoslavs. And on the next day, the Czech suite sees Prague and renounce Habsburg rule, and Czechoslovakia is declared independent. On November the 9th, 1918, the German Kaiser Wilhelm II abdicates. This will be the last Kaiser of Germany. He would flee to Holland in his later days and would die peacefully in Holland. Emperor Karl of Austria would abdicate the next day. Shootings occur in the streets of Salzburg's Reports state that the Austrian navy is scuttled by Jugoslav forces prevent the Italians from seizing the ships. Things aren't going well for the Central Powers. The next day, Germany will sign an armistice in a train car that will most likely be destroyed by Adolf Hitler in World War II. The Germans have made peace. Leto Vorbach surrenders in Rhodesia, modern-day Zimbabwe. It is currently German-controlled, but that's not there for long. At, on December the 1st, 1918... Advanced Allied elements march from Luxembourg into Germany. 
the same day, the country, the Kingdom of Yugoslavia is proclaimed an independent state. In 1929, King Alexander I changed the name to Yugoslavia. It was originally the Kingdom of the Serbs, Croats, Slovenes, and founded with the paramilitary government. On December the 14th, President Wilson arrives in Paris for a peace parlay. And that is all we are talking about today. Next week, the Treaty of Versailles, post-war Germany, and the effects it will have. That is all for now. See you next time.